Hey, audio listener. Welcome to the AV Epics Podcast, an Avenue Studios production. Check out our Patreon and Locals community for exclusive content, access to our private Discord, and so much more. And don't forget to review our podcast to help spread the word. And now, let's dive into the adventure. Okay, sorry guys. I think you so should many hear me. <laughs> uh, I'm doing a whole new audio setup. Just got it together literally minutes before starting stream. So let us know as we go how things are going. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the AV Epics live stream. I'm Dan Stacey, and you're about to witness my nerdy family and I talk about our characters. Which <laughs> is always exciting. No dice today. No, Maybe silly voices. I make no guarantees. But we have Zachariah here to host. Thank you, my friend. I'm, I'm stoked to be here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rex. They hear us. Awesome. And, uh, of course, we've got Jacob and Mr. Moral Compass, if you don't recognize him. I know you guys know his beautiful face. Look at him. Thank you guys for joining. Real quick announcements, and then I'll turn it over to Zach. Um, first announcement. During this live, chat, uh, live stream, you can type in all caps QUESTION and ask a question that you want us to discuss during the stream. Jacob is going to be collecting those and passing them along to Zach through internet things. And uh, uh, we're going to go through the locals and Patreon people that support us already provided us questions ahead of time in the Discord. So Zach will be doing his own thing, going through that first, and then we'll turn it over to the, the chat that is live. So um, if you're not a part of the ever-growing forest, we have some amazing no news. We hit... Our supporter goal yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. That means this is going to be a thing. Let's oh, tilt it down. There, there you is. go. Woo that is my senior thesis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bit hot. Okay. Is everybody hot, Adam, or just me? I'll turn us down a little. I don't know. Sorry, I heard there's guys. a pretty hot person in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. promised multiple scenes of abs. Okay. <laughs> Keep shouting out stuff That's on eyes. So, <laughs> we haven't scheduled it yet, but this will be coming up soon. We're going to do a movie night with uh, our locals and Patreon supporters. It is actually a special movie night that's available for all tiers of Patreon and locals. So, uh, there's a certain tier where you unlock movie nights with us, but for this one, everybody's invited. There are going to be giveaways of dice. Uh, these DVDs, I have a box of them. So these DVDs, some dice pads, one special person will get one of these because this is Ooh. a special reward for one of our tiers, but uh, you could win it ahead of time. It's the snapping, snap holding tray, dice tray. Yeah. tray. And uh, I think there'll be some other stuff, but you'll have to show up to find out. So of course you can still join in. We're half talking about a one more challenge before we hit it. If we hit a certain number before mo the movie night, we might throw in some really cool package. But uh, you only get access to the giveaways if you are one of our supporters. So come join the ever-growing Forest Nose Avenue Studios and uh, see what kind of craziness we get up to on movie nights. Last announcements are, of course, in February, Jake and I will be building in Foundry a Savage Worlds module. Um, I also get to do a soft announcement that we are having a collaboration with Adam from the Interplanar Crossroads and Josh from Copper Dragon Games, another great uh, RPG YouTuber. And uh, that'll be coming up mid-February. Um, Josh will have a real a big announcement video on his channel, but he's going to be running a game for us and it's going to be really great. So definitely check that out. That'll be on our normal live stream times. And then finally, of course, our other collaboration begins with Interplanar Crossroads, March of the Max, our themed months. 
And uh, so stay tuned for that in March. And thank you guys for being here. Uh, I think I did it in under five minutes. Adam, you might have timed me. Oh my gosh, yes. Never mind. We're going over time. Because I want to say thank you to our latest supporters that have joined us. Carlotta, thank you for joining. Lily, Rye Guy, Kitsune, and Cayman are our newest supporters. Uh, Welcome. Thank you guys for making Kanaga possible. And we can't wait to torment Ryan, uh, who is generous enough to share this video with all your supporters. <laughs> um, thanks, Julian. I see you in there. <laughs> that's everybody's hot. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's it. Zechariah, would you take us away, please, sir? Okay, well, I don't know how else to take things away better than just I have been taken away over these last many months um, going through this series because it has been, I'm just going to say, it's my favorite thing on the channel right now. It's it's just been so deep, so character and story driven and, and so emotional going through it. Um, I've just spent every week just being like, I cannot wait to get back and to see what happens. I've been more vested in these characters, their lives, and where they're going, then, ah, uh, maybe many real-life people. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's just an absolute treat to be able to, to be here, to, to host something, and to draw out some of the things that I desperately need to know about the story, the characters, and, and questions, and also just, you know, give you guys an opportunity to relax and talk about the characters, answer some of the other questions, and let everyone be a part of such an amazing story. So, I'll just throw out this little thing out there. One of the things I see that makes this story very, very different from many other RPGs and things that, that go on is how very character-focused it was. It was character-focused in a way that is just un uncharacteristic of other kinds of adventure <laughs> RPGs. Like, if you had a typical group of an adventuring party, no matter what the world-ending threat might have been, or how greedy they might have all been for getting a dragon sword, like, if they had the half the problems that you all had going on in the party, you would <laughs> be tearing each other apart. But actually, those were the things that brought the Bennets together. And so to see them go through and weather anything, the you know distrust and old hurts, uh, different points of views, different levels of, of being able to take responsibility and, and weaknesses that kept them from being able to advocate for themselves and for each other, and to go through all of that together and to find out that there's a piece of hope in there was an absolutely beautiful thing. And I think that the many hard topics that are brought up during this story are treated very respectfully. There nothing is none of the hard topics is is trivialized. None of them are are rushed to a um a foolhardy um conclusion about it nothing nothing just gets a pat answer where Things are just all right in the end. You can just overcome this. You can will your way out of it. It's a lot of you struggle through these things. You overcome them with family. You grow your bonds with other people by facing them, by asking for help, learning how to lead people to help other people in their own way, um, fighting to preserve a point of view on someone 
to to give them hope to come back from what you're ashamed of to help people out with it it's it's done in a very tasteful way it feels very real and um and and the the, the bit of hope and the growth that we see i i think just it's a very profound statement on it so we'll <laughs> we'll talk we'll dive into some of those um into some of those things so first things first i'm gonna start with an easy icebreaker just what's your favorite quote what 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 are you gonna take away as a quotable from here and we're going to just start by throwing this out to jacob jacob just favorite quote whether it's yours or someone else's (laughs) or out of character um uh, (laughs) i i actually don't have a favorite quote i uh i'm not one who actually does quotes uh the one that comes to my mind right now is clenching so (laughs) i i I really don't have one i'd have to honestly rewatch it my mind was so into it that it was like not that it's just all big it's a lot <laughs> that's really the only way I don't have a quote that's what I gotta say <laughs> okie dokie um, I've got one go for it I didn't stutter <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, that one is good <laughs> uh, I was thinking of like when uh, Gattleby called out why didn't you call or why didn't you yell out like we were supposed to, like, we were supposed to know that like <laughs> <laughs> that was good uh, <laughs> oh man Quotable. I, I know for myself, you know, playing Billy, just being able to hear that BB. Yep. I mean, that was that was enough for me. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I have a quote that comes. It's just like moments for me, really. Favorite moment then. Oh, don't do that. Oh, Favorite moment. One of. Uh, well, honestly, I know it's a little fresh because we just played it, but when when Evie finally wakes up, and that was mm. the shorts, I put it on shorts on our channel, um, <clears throat> if you haven't seen it. Legit cried. I really awesome. felt everything that she would have felt at that moment. I was just like, oh, she's broken. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to pick a favorite. I mean, it's just so, it's all just so like, ah, in my mind. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. old man, wizard spit. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh. Yes. Wizard spit is good. I'm glad people <laughs> caught that. Because <laughs> I read in the module that uh, they didn't like this all start, this place started because people ran away from wizards. So I was like, well, I gotta have something. Like, I don't know. I figured their verbal component, they're just always spitting and they're old men. So <laughs> it's just become like this derogatory thing towards wizards. You're I right. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, then let's um, let's let's dig into into something a little bit a little bit deeper here. Let's look let's look at the setting for the final episode. Oh, do we did I put out their spoiler warning? If you haven't <laughs> if you haven't seen it, then stop the live stream, go back, and catch up, and and here we are because where there's spoilers. <laughs> um. 
I was surprised by being so engaged with having an actual combat there at the end that the Bennis had to fight through in order to get pop. I was I was ready for it to just be you walk into a room and pause there, go was a perfectly acceptable setting for where things were gonna go. And I thought it was probably gonna be about that about that simple because just you know the the whole focus here is like how do we get them to that moment where they're resolving all of their issues and things like that. But oh yes, it's an adventurous path. And there probably is something of a boss. How does that how does that <laughs> fit in thematically? And I think it was an amazing moment because building that threat meant the Bennett's weren't going in there without, you know, other things that they're dealing with. And having Billy, you know, wounded and compromised and such like that changes the whole dynamic from just this is about, you know, resolving things with paw, but it's also about setting us priorities. Is it about, is it more important to protect the family, the siblings group, or to resolve things with paw, whether it's the rescuing or the, you know, dealing some justice here? I thought it was a tremendous moment to have, to have them having to, to deal with that and wrestle with that with other things that are going around there. And something I've been wondering a little bit is, like, the whole point and the function of having this ticking time bomb going down. There is a moment where I thought, man, they are going, the whole city is going to go up in flames. Because yep. pause, pain, and hurt in the Bennett family causes them to not be able to reconcile things till here at the end. And they value reconciling this more than their personal safety and the problems of the rest of the world, which you might say doesn't make them heroes, but I think it makes them a family. It makes it very real. And so, kind of like bouncing some of those things out, you, what was your idea? What did you expect going into that cave at the end? And we'll save for Jacob at last here because you you probably had an idea. <laughs> um, I mean, with these guys, you never know. <laughs> what <Learned> that? <laughs> um, we'll go. We'll go against all this. Um, Kristen, what did you think going in? Um, going into that final battle, what did you think you were going to see your face? I really was surprised. I was like, "What is that?" thing <laughs> like first of all i was like how, and i want to know how does that guy fit into all of this where did he come from all this thing i have all these questions but um for evangeline <laughs> she was going in there like i need to heal billy that is like my sole focus and stuff and then seeing pa and then she's like ah and then danny go down and she's like ah <laughs> she's like i have to heal all these people and you know but also like uh uh, happiness to be able to finally feel like she's helping, which she was starting to get that way. Like, I'm actually doing something. I'm actually part of the family. I'm actually helping. Um, so that was like her chance to finally do something. And you do, because you keep them alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it could have gone different. I'm just picturing her scrambling about. She's just on her knees and she's like crawling around. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for everything, all this going on, to just be like your task at the very beginning, like you're going with them to keep them alive as they're doing their business. And so supporting everyone like that, 
just becomes absolutely paramountly vital because no one gets a resolution if they don't live to get there. Mm-hmm. So you're both healing them physically so that they, they can do whatever it is. They can live. But it also, it's you get the reward of knowing that they get healed because they live to work this out. And mm-hmm. that was not a promise to anyone. Mm-hmm. So. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and then also, just, just thematically there, then you, your injury comes at the end. And they have to, in turn, make those sacrifices, make the compromises, and to heal you in return. Yes, is which is so awesome. special that Billy does it. Absolutely. Because Evangeline teaches him some of that stuff. And so that he's able to come back around and to help her, you know, it's and, amazing. And the metaphor there of Billy at the end, and we might touch on this one a little bit later, but the metaphor there at the end is Billy is physically healing Evangeline. But at the same time, Billy is also metaphorically healing himself. Mm-hmm. He is—he spent his whole this whole story thinking that he protects the family best when he's fighting to keep them safe. In the end, he is actually protecting the family the most when he's healing, healing Evangeline, carrying her out, taking the gun away from Cole. Like, those are the moments of healing that come through there in the end. It just, it's such a, a different kind of a resolution. It's so good and healthy for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm probably doing that a lot tonight. Okay. Um, Alex, what were you expecting going into that final moment? Or, you know, as soon as you get into that first room where you just didn't know. Um, well, so I was expecting a fight going in, and I think Cole probably was too. It was the idea that nothing's going to be easy because nothing has been easy. So we're going to have to fight to survive to die. Like, it's literally what what is like the, the mindset going into this. So this is going to be, I'm going to barely survive long enough to do what I have to do and protect my family to end it. Mm-hmm. Um... So I was, yeah, 100% expecting just a fight and wondering, could I survive the fight to complete my mission? And could the rest of my family survive the fight to make the mission matter? Mm -hmm. Because if nobody walks out, then there was no point to it. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And then the roller coaster of going through it, of, of Billy being down, changing the stakes, Billy being maybe needing to be, you know, having trying to get some leverage to save him, him being back up, like, all of that, like, all the little pieces just constantly rearranging to be, like, adjusting priorities, and so many, like, little directional pivots happened before any resolution mm-hmm. actually happened. There's a lot of moments that could have gone anyway. Right. And some of those, um... Even the ones that are very happenstantial illustrate things about the characters so well. Like, for example, when we have um when we have when we have Billy being dragged away and compromised like that, it's this opportunity. Again, that just comes through the through the dice. That's part of what makes this such a beautiful type of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Is that comes through the dice. He's not the character you'd expect to be the one being threatened like that, but he is. And what that does is that uh, reveals 
what Cole's motivations are, ultimately, in going through the scenario where he kills Pa. If Cole was able to just go in there and off Pa, and there was no choice to make between Pa or saving Billy, or Pa or saving the town, or something of like that nature, then you could just say, well, Cole was going there for revenge. It was always about him getting, dealing justice and going through and getting even. But instead what we see is it was never about the revenge on Pa. It was about protecting the family. And there's no purpose in killing Pa if Billy isn't able to walk out of this okay. Or if Danny and Evangeline aren't able to walk out of this okay. That just didn't matter. And so we get to see that depth because of how that story rolled out. Literally, I mean, dice puns, sorry. Hello. <laughs> He's a dad. There it is. <laughs> um, Dan and Danny's point of view. What were you expecting going in? Um, you know, I mean, yeah, there was a door there. So I don't know what the invitation was. I literally, yeah, I don't. I don't think there was any expectations, player or <clears throat> like there's of course we were we we're talking about, you know, off camera. Oh, I could go this way, maybe it'll go this way. We had no idea. So I think that's pretty much Danny was always the character that rolled with punches. And I like that it came out in the story too, that I always imagined his backstory was literally he was lucky. He was just lucky. He got out of things and his, his luck had run out. Like he traded it for family and that all came through. So he's just got to finish the journey. Uh, Expectation-wise, I never know what Jake's going to do. Because <laughs> he's got the module, but he's so good at rolling with punches. And I was just like, ah. So it worked Four really modules. well that I didn't have expectations. <laughs> and neither did Danny. What are you snickering over there? I hear you. <laughs> I said, what module? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> you you would not imagine my surprise when I when I googled Outlaws of Alkenstar into like into YouTube and came up with something else and I was like how? How? And, oh, right. right. Yes. <laughs> Before we started, oh, yes. It can't be yeah. another. Yeah, um, and all the tra I see Rex calling out all the traps. Yeah. Uh I mean, it happened that every time I'd roll bad on the perception, and I'm very much like, that's the character doesn't know, so here we go. Like, Dan knew it was coming. <laughs> it was Danny that didn't. <laughs> okay, Compass. Um, what about you? What did you think going into that final room? All right, so Billy didn't really have any expectations, but I was horrified about the idea that Paul was just there. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything else, but just the split loyalty between Billy and the rest of the, the squad, because he is so attached to Paul that if there was going to be any sort of like mental manipulation, especially with like the chains and such, that would have been terrifying because his first deal is pause in charge. If pause there, he gets the chains. Right. So now he would have to be wrestling himself compared to his... um through the conditioning that he was put through. Trust me, I was afraid of this too. <laughs> what I, about my, my fears were. And, uh, but yeah, that was, and just no one, no one knew what that was going to be. And when you see 
how how that is a serious fear for Billy. That is a it's a fear, it's a pain, it's a struggle to know where those loyalties lie. Just those the haunting words to Cole of just thank you for not for, for not making me have to choose. And and the idea that that Billy is the between Billy and Cole, Billy is the first one that reaches out to Cole for help in regards to their strained and distressed relationship when he says, Why didn't you take the chains? Very fairly early on, after that bank robbery and it all goes down and and Evangeline gets hurt, Billy's looking to Cole to take those chains. That's going to bring him comfort and reassurance and it's what Billy needs for healing is that kind of direction that he can trust and Cole's response that that needs to be Danny Danny's the one that can lead lead them forward through is this profound moment where Billy then begins to shift and acknowledge that Danny has them which is also something that you know Cole is doing to help Billy heal. If Cole had simply said, yes, I'm taking the chains, yes, these are the things that you're gonna do, it would maybe be healing for Billy, but not it would never come back to Cole. You can't command love, you can't command what you need for healing. The parallel we get later on that Cole reaches out to Danny and tells Danny what I need to heal is Billy. That's Cole connecting with the brother that he's been able to talk with. And then the brother that's got the chains is transitioning them into reins and leading and leads Billy to Cole and says, help him, heal him. Is just this beautiful dynamic. It's set back there in, back in session three is where that goes into it. And you see that play through in the finale you see those those moments where Billy gets to make the decision. Protecting the family comes not through fighting and killing people. It's through healing, taking the gun away. It's oh, beautiful. So, Jacob, you're clearly the mastermind on this one, okay? Like, you set up the final battle. You knew all of this stuff was going in. You knew this was how they're going to play it through. And it was everything they needed to heal and to bond and to make us go, whoo! Right, so... <laughs> what was the plan? Tell us... What, <clears throat> what well, was your see. vision going into that? <laughs> Prior to the situation, I had been rolling dice to really figure out what's going on um, I like leaving it to dice and the longer they took back at the saloon the more time it gave me to play around with the situation um, as they were planning to go to this place so at one point I did consider them just having Pa there because I know that that would have been a great moment but there had to be a little bit of like why is Pa there mm-hmm so I put that there. And I, I wasn't sure if they were going to go at all. Um, the, you know, Because they were as they were talking in characters, plans, there was a moment where they weren't going to go there. They were just going to go to the warehouse. And then it switches around. I don't know. It just was... Um, 
I'm just trying to be have everything possible ready. So when they made decisions or went in a direction, they would run into whatever trap I had put there. All right. Was that guy part of the module? Yeah. Was what was his name, and was he referenced before? Because my thought was they were they were the person that Phoebe was talking about back in like session one. Was he the one like whose bank they were trying to rob from and and haul up their their finances and draw them out. Is that the person that she's talking about? No. They're not even sure. I don't, how much do I give here? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the character themselves were was in the story. But... The depth of which they were in the story is much more deeper after writing it in there. I can't tell you all the details yet. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Okay. So, so then here, here now, we're, now we're going to ask the gut wrenching question. All right? Was was were the Bennets too slow? Was Paw in the state he was in because they didn't get there fast enough? Yes. <laughs> there was dice rolls. Yeah, there was dice rolls that were happening, and I was trying to calculate the amount of time you guys were doing stuff. The delay of uh, Danny getting hit with the trap, and it just you know it slowed things down. Again, I'm in, I'm just gonna let everyone breathe and just say like that's still on pop, okay. The fact that his family was not a coordinated bunch of expert adventurers capable of getting himself out of a situation, coming together as a unified whole, and just popping that guy and getting through is Pa's fault. But it does bring up an interesting thought, maybe, I don't know how this works, but like, so what if Cole and Danny had gone there before, actually mm. gone in together, and been the only two that found him? Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and he'd been lucid, like... <laughs> Now I'm asking all kinds of questions. I don't even know if he was logistically there um, at that time, but like, I think so. There was three moments when Pa had opportunity to escape and failed. Oh wow! All of them. Wow. <clears throat> that that is that is karma. <laughs> One for each brother. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so I'm gonna we're gonna go and jump into which means the fourth one was Evie, and technically he got away. <laughs> That's nice. true. He's free now. That is beautiful, and that's the great thing with the series. The more you dive into it, the more deep, the more nuanced, the more metaphors. But oh, <laughs> all right, all right. Let's do local Patreon questions. Um, let's see. Do I want to? Do I call like who they're from and such? Yeah. All right, all right. We're gonna kind of go. We'll kind of go um, top down on the list, which means completely arbitrary but such. So starting out with <laughs> um, Julian. Question for Compass. Can you tell me more about why you did the introductions the way you did them? Um, curious about your mind. Curious bit about Billy's mind. All right, so you've already interrogated me on this, so I I'm just going to answer it for the moment now. <laughs> um, so the idea behind the introductions of 
Billy's backstory, or I mean his recaps, is that it's technically not Billy as Billy, but Billy as Wilhelm Bennett. Basically, he um, the introductions were set up from the point of view of how Billy was being taught by Paul, but can never truly articulate himself. So, like, especially like in the first recap, it's almost exclusively description because that is all that Billy can call upon. So then it's just formulated in the way that Wilhelm would have put it. And it's beautiful and it shows, it shows that schooling, it shows the attention and the care that Billy or Wilhelm really had from Pa back before because Billy's earnest when he says that Pa was a beacon of light and that something changed and to, to see that come through is that little bit of a reflection for it, that there's still something good and beautiful in Billy that he gets to share, even though it's kind of just to the audience, um, reflects that and validates that point of view. And I think that was really great. Question for Chiro. Was there a chance for Cole to stay behind <coughs> at the end? And if so, what path do you think you would have taken? I guess I'm a little curious on exactly what stay behind would have meant but you could take that as you will okay um so i guess we'll say stay behind means maybe like stay in elkenstar like not go with his family but not be dead um and i don't really see a path in which that would happen uh because if you go to the flashback episode and then even in the beginning of the final episode Cole's actually the one that tries to get people June to leave. June says yes. Um, so he's he wants to leave. He wants Billy to leave early. Mm-hmm. Because this is an awful place and anything has to be better. Right. But in the flashback, he doesn't leave because he can't leave Billy. And he won't leave his family. So wherever his family goes is where he's going to go because that's all he has. Um, I don't think there is any other path. He's with his family or he's not with us. Right. Well, Kristen, what would Evangeline have done if she was awake when Danny killed Pa or attempted to? Right there at the very end when it actually happens. I'm going to guess that means and she was aware of it. Yeah, awake, aware, mm-hmm. able. Yeah. She would stop it. I mean, because at that point, she was just so set and stubborn about that she was going to save him that I just, I don't think she would attack Danny. But I just, she would try to stop it no matter what. And she just doesn't understand because she just has seen Pa through such a different lens rose-colored glasses probably um that she just doesn't she doesn't understand everything that's happening she has the naive flaw i would say <laughs> would, how would she and i guess this is this is one of those ones this is a little bit of mine i'm just gonna throw this in here just how does she view cole now that you had cole you saw that like you were lucifer for that one mm-hmm. trying to kill him how can you view cole going forward with this well, she knew that he was hurt, and so now she's actually seeing. I guess at that point, she's seeing how much that Pa has hurt, and so 
she feels bad for Cole and she wants to help heal him too, mm-hmm. I would say. You know, she wants to help him through this and and her thought of healing it was everybody together. Everybody together, we can heal, we can get through this all together. Um, but in this case, it wasn't going to heal them to have Pa around. So mm-hmm. um, she might, if she saw it happen, she might come to that realization later, but at the time she would not understand it at all. I love that it's not suddenly seeing one of the siblings as a monster, which is a fear of Cole's, but it's this extension that if Evie can see that good, even still yet in Pa, despite this, she could then still see it in Cole or in Danny, mm-hmm. whoever it was that would have wound up doing that. Yeah, her whole line, we're going to make it better than new. You mm-hmm. know, that's her philosophy, her mantra. I just want to point out that technically Evangeline learned that Paul was dead before Billy did. <laughs> that is true. true. We never specified if he really figured it out. I thought you saw. I I assumed you you saw it when you were there. He didn't see it outside or whatnot, and oh, that's no. why Billy thought he just parted ways. Oh. Yeah, wow, we'll, I didn't we'll, realize that. We'll return with that with we'll return that with a different question of why is your character crying at the end? We're gonna save that question here. <laughs> Next one uh, from Julian to Dan was was there a moment that your plans for your character changed? If so, uh, what was it? When was it? So again, meta question. What yeah. your plans for <laughs> Danny, not Danny's plans. Dan's plans for Danny. Dance plan for Danny. <laughs> I was like, I was like two sessions in before I realized that those are both Dan names because we literally never, never called me Danny. Danny. Yeah, yeah. You're one of the few people that can appreciate that. Everyone's joking I'm about like, it, but I'm like, no, he's not Danny. He might right. as well have been called Bob. It would have been that different. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I thank you for that because it's like you and Austin really are my brothers that would know. <laughs> That's why I because when I picked Danny, I, I was. I laughed at myself. I'm like, everyone's going to think. But to me, it's... it's. Mm-hmm. Anyways, just regardless. Julian's question. I don't know that there was ever a point where it shifted. I think it was more it just grew and solidified the whole time. Because I always had his backstory pretty set. You know, Ayla and the kid. And... But I, I think as I got to know the other players and their characters as we played that kind of focused it in i think is really more what happened with it and then of course the different things happened the the number of times danny went down that changed it because i was taking it uh, and i think this is because of the way we were playing too it's very gritty in that like he he was you know clinically dead for a moment that so i took that very seriously and he's like so it didn't like there wasn't a moment where something suddenly changed. It was more it got focused in and focused in and focused in to that moment leading up with Cole. And then I was going to say, too, with Evie being down, that changed everything. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Danny was okay if he had to take Pa out in front of Evie. He was willing to take that, and he knew what it would mean. So there were a couple moments there in the very last episode that didn't change my didn't change my intended directions for the character, but did change how it all played out for sure. Oh, yeah. And defined it, yeah. 
So yeah, that's... It was, it was just a refining, it was a refining process the whole time, which is kind of fun because it mimics the characters. But the goal was story. to get your family, get them out. That was the ultimate goal from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it started out generally as, I always told it, Peaky Blinders was kind of my inspiration for Danny. And he's he's the kid coming in from the outside. He's like, he still think he's fine with committing crimes. That was never a thing. It was just the family. He's like, we can do something better than what what Pa's been doing. We can do this better and different if we're all together. Everyone just needs to see the rest of the world. They haven't seen the rest of the world like I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Come be free. You know, that was that was his general thing, and it got refined into specifics for for everybody as, as the story unfolded. Yeah, and I love that that's something you don't see at the beginning. There's no reason at the beginning to think that Danny's anything but a runaway that's just come back because, yeah. you know, he felt some obligation. And to slowly see that it's not just that you ran away and were kind of forced back because you ran out of money and, and such. You know, you had reasons for coming back. You had a connection with Cole. You had a connection with Mom. And you were there to offer freedom. I love that it takes a while to find that and to see that as the through line. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fun, too, that it's the character, too. Ironically, he's stepping into what Pa wanted him to be all, all along, mm-hmm. and he knows that. That's why at the end, it's it's not an anger or revenge thing for him. It's just he's slightly accepting his fate, but he's like, I'm going to make it my own if I'm going to have to do this. Speaking of um, speaking of making your fate your own, a uh, question then for Billy, which is, does um, does Billy see himself as being like going through a redemption arc at the end. Have you been redeemed? Do you feel that you have a need for that at all? So Billy doesn't believe that he's ever he's ever done anything wrong. <laughs> so uh, well, ex- except for one part, but that's you know his little backstory thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, regardless, um, might be a little bit of a kind of a spoiler for the idea maybe in the future. But because of how much he viewed Paul in such a great light, he wants that to come back. So he he's going to be aiming for the idea of trying to become that good that Paul was or getting someone else to fill that role. Hmm. And it's good because you wouldn't, whereas, you know, Danny and Cole, well, whereas Cole has is vehemently opposed the idea of being good for anyone to be like Pa, there is also Evangeline's point of view in there that there there was good in there. There's Danny who probably picked up some lessons from it and could see it. There is, and you know to the extent also where Cole's sort of self reflects the parallels between Pa and himself. What good you could find in Paul may still also be very healing for the family with time. So yeah, the, um, I would say that with um, the whole Billy scenario, it's just I don't think he sees a problem with any sort of redemption morality or anything. It's just always been the family, mm-hmm. and he just wants that family legacy to continue. And I guess, in a sense, be healed, but he doesn't view it that way. He mm-hmm. he views it as just being more stable and just 
getting on with the job. Questions from the Great Mustache. We have. <laughs> At the end of the last battle, when Billy took the gun from Cole, specifically said he pointed it towards himself. And Mustache is curious like, is what was Billy going to say, going to do if they weren't interrupted that moment by the the homunculus biting Evangeline and shaking it up. What was the intent with that redirection? So the redirection was because Billy considers Cole to be, I guess, the um, the most, the best friend that he's ever had in his entire life. So Cole killing Paul would have been devastating to their relationship. So Billy would have rather died than see that. Great question. I was wondering it myself. Yeah. So was I. <laughs> and one of the thoughts that that I had, like in in dwelling in on that, is, you know, it's it's hard to take a gun from someone who's like, you know, probably double gripped on it and and you know, you know, shaking and 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 struggling the way that Cole was, and and Billy could have gone over there and you know and safely like taken it around, but in doing this and and pointing it at Billy, that would actually cause Cole to release the gun. Oh I yeah. Think. So yeah, as soon as it would turn towards Billy, Cole's hands would basically fall off that gun. Right, because it, it was already generally in Evie's direction. And yeah, and that Cole didn't bother still, Cole. But the thought of it, it could hurt Billy. That is enough for Cole to just let his hands melt off of that. And so again, that's that's. You know, Danny. It's 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 Cole asking Danny to guide Billy to helping Cole heal, and that Cole releasing the gun. Guys, I said it was good. I <laughs> said it was really good. <laughs> um, um, question. This one kind of has to hit. We got to hit Jake first for this next one here, which is. While paralyzed, did the victim still have any lucidity or awareness of what was going on? And this is going to get into one of these really, really deep ones here. We're gonna, we're gonna buckle up, right? Did Pa know anything that was going on? Did Evie know anything that was going? On? We'll start simple. Did they or <clears throat> did they not? Uh, two different situations. Okay, each one. Which one do you want to do first? Start with Evie. Yeah, Evie could have probably heard some of it. But it it would be it would have had to have been a perception roll with a big uh, uh, not bonuses, the opposite of bonuses. Negative. Penalties. Penalties, yeah. That works too. it would have had to have been the opposite of penalties. Nope. It would have been the penalties. Sorry. The echo is killing me. Now I um, want to like roll it just to see. But oof. right. Don't worry about it. No, but I think I mentally it. it was a no. You know what I mean? It was because yeah. uh, the way we played it, I don't think she really heard what was going on. I think it was too much. The pain. I don't know if you guys have ever been in severe pain where you actually, it's like you can't hear. So I liked flavoring it that way. Pa, on the other hand, was extremely unaware of what was going on. 
he had a lot of conditions beyond what Evangeline had. So Pa didn't have any idea. No sense of or no sense that reality. anyone was struggling over him or even carry carrying that much, carrying him out. Correct. Because the only thing, the only thing we get from Pa at the end is that he seems to have a little peace when he's when he's uh, put down at the end. Yep, he was hopeful, is how I put it. Cause he didn't believe what was going on. He refused to believe. You know, he had, had been, he was way too broken. Um, the mechanically, he had so many things affecting him. He, he could not potentially even believe that this was happening, and he was being hopeful that somebody was going to put him out of his misery at that point in time. He thought his kids were dead. That's what he was told over and over again that there was nothing to live for. You know, they were trying to break him. I mean, and they did, but he never cracked, so. That we know of. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Question from Lady Hawk. Um. <laughs> For for Jacob, since uh, since she's had a little bit of behind the scene access, uh huh, um, <laughs> and has had a chance to see how that adventure path was uh, supposed to look, um, uh, how, how do you feel about where it went, where it went off script, and um, kind of rolling it into the follow up question in there, um, how did you make it look so easy? that you're just that you're rolling in these two stories from the players and from the world what's I mean, that like honestly the, the players made it really easy on me yes they would consistently skip avoid break you know whatever words you want to use the module but it was very easy to just tie it back in just to, to grab a part that they had already given me part of their backstory part of their history part of the situation and pull them back in i mean there was a couple of moments where it was just like oh they're going that way okay we're doing this you know and, and it, it it is what it is you just gotta you gotta do it and you go forward and, and uh, as far as improv goes it's fun for me i love that i love the i love the challenge that these players put on me and also the information they gave me to work with so it was like a, a give and take between the players and I. And um, it was so much fun to just, I gave them this situation and the story and and they did, they ran with it. But they, they made it as part of their characters. They made it um, through just storytelling. You know, And like I said, there was a couple moments where they were going off a completely, I wasn't even sure we were going to do the venture path at all. Like none of it. <laughs> like they were just taking off and I was like... <laughs> All right, we're doing this. You know, but it was not that hard to tie it back in and then bring it back in, some of the module. Um, obviously, we they did cut out, skip things, or handle things in different ways. But that's a good group to... Well, there is a situation there that we're being asked to take care of, but we can have it taken care of in a different way. Like sending the thugs over to burn the warehouse and stuff like that, you know? It's a. It was a very healthy way to take care of a situation, but not face it directly. And I think that was just there's just different ways of 
playing it. The players did a wonderful job making it easy for me to improv. And then they, whatever punches I threw at them, they just reacted per their character. And it just, it was a beautiful relationship. Absolutely. And it paid off. It paid off tremendously. I think that, yes, I would, I would say as a, as a, as a game master, you know, the best thing for you to tell a good story is as a good, great group of players. But there's also that part on the game master where you're just like, you need to know, like, you know, I'm not, it's not like you're, I'm committed to telling this exact story this exact way. It's that beautiful uniqueness and that adaptability where you say, we tailor what a module is and what a, and what a, what a straight path is to that story that's going to make it unique. There will never be another Outlaws of Elkinstar that resembles this because of those uniquenesses. And, you know, I bet that's what the creators want, too, is for people to be able to take those character unique ideas to it and make it fresh and make it new. And that takes a lot of skill on behalf of the Game Master to see, like, what do the players value? Which, which <coughs> is, um, which is not loot. In, in this case, is not loot. Um, nope. it, it, it's, it's not, uh, not allies. Um, we tried nope. to give them loot. We tried to give them allies. Uh, I see you. I, I, I understand, and I understand this to be a, a crime against role players. Um, 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 anonymous world, round, round, world. Did you, in fact, deny a level up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, these Guilty. guys denied everything that I wanted to give them. They denied level ups. At, like killed their own allies. I mean, they just <laughs> it was it was quite impressive what the players did. But like you were saying, Zach, I think these creators give us these modules. They don't want us to just run them per word. They love that we're twisting and adding our own stories and situations into it, and that's exactly what we did here. Um and I just I appreciate that the players did it. Hmm. On the topic though of, of killing your own allies, I, I do have a, a section in in my notes here titled "Why We All Need to Kill Phoebe," but I think that was a typo. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Lady Hawk also has a question um, for all the players. How much behind-the-scenes planning was going on? And just to expand this a little bit, let's take this one in steps. Where did the idea of playing this broken family come from? I think that was Jake's fault, right? He said we had a dad. Yeah. And then we were just yeah, like... Everybody has a dad. <laughs> <laughs> but we all shared one, right? Am I wrong about that? So somewhere along the idea, somewhere along the way, I latched on to the idea that we needed to be siblings. I've kind mm-hmm. of always really I wanted do. to I play siblings. Alex, yeah. Like, and, and in most Alex games, I've tried to convince somebody else to play my siblings. So instead of trying to convince them, I told them they had to play my siblings. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, now go ahead and make your characters. It's good. Just, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the birth order that no one playing that character is. Yes, which was on purpose. I, mm-hmm. I tried to pick a birth order that nobody would play what their actual birth order was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I like to throw this out there as, um, for, for game mastery advice, if you're planning an adventure of it, instead of just, instead of saying like, okay, you're all, everyone make up your own random characters, whatever, and stuff like that. If you start with just the concept is that you are a family, 
build a backstory, build these goals, you you kind of you can kind of get a lot of cohesion. You can get more of this drama, more of this internal energy there than you do from saying you're a little tired of you know, met in a tavern one day. Though that's a great mm. great episode one title. Met in a tavern, <laughs> great title. Um, just throwing that out there. That's a great way for that to work. So then so then once you had this kind of a character uh, backstory idea here. How much planning, say between each episodes, did you do with your characters? Like, tell me about how you you scripted out all of these these amazing dialogues that I spent literally hours analyzing. Just these dialogues between your guys. Tell me how how much time did you plan writing all of these out? I, I'm jumping in first. I tell you, in between in between sessions, these people gave me pretty much nothing to work with. So. <laughs> and then when I would ask questions, it was like, well, we'll just have to see what happens. Thank you, players. <laughs> my, my understanding is that when you when you finally asked, do you really plan to kill Pa, you got some thumbs up emojis as a response. <laughs> I got emojis and then I got like, oh, well, we'll just have to see. It depends. <laughs> yeah, that's not right. All right. <laughs> but to go, to go back to the uh, like the yeah. planning of yes. these, um, I think usually what we would do is we would say, um, you know, for example, uh, Cole is going to talk to Danny, and it has to happen before we leave the tavern for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's all we gave as preparation. Yep. <laughs> like, I, I just I just started asking. Well, what scenes do you um, want? want <laughs> like what so that maybe i could prepare a little bit you know but obviously they do a great job role playing and so it was really fun to watch i do have a question though that follows along with this how much behind me did you guys chat out of curiosity yeah not so early not much yeah. actually there was a few things that i i would like Actually, not much early, and then no, happened... more like checking in with each other. Like, are you cool with things? Are you thinking? Yeah, kind of like, are mm -hmm. you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. Like, but but if they weren't, oh, we wouldn't actually tell them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it because it seems so authentic that you guys came to the table, and it's not like we sit. I mean, what do we sit for eight, ten minutes before the stream even sets? You know, and mm -hmm. yeah. It's just crazy to me how well it turned out with just doing it. Raw talent and commitment to the role. That's what this is. <laughs> now, I will say that in between episodes, I spent dozens of hours thinking about my character. <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> but that also just understanding the more in touch you are with your character, the deeper you, you plumb that, the more authentic and real the responses are going to be. And then you can play through that and you can say, yeah, I know what the most meaningful conversation that I need to have is this. And so when you when you have those moments where like Billy comes over to Evangeline is just like, you know, give me that the, the ocarina, you know, yeah. and, and having that. And again, I don't know if that's one of those things where like we have to have this conversation in there. No, right. No, that wasn't even one no. of those. No. And me and Evangeline were like, wait, what? What are you talking about? We were so confused about what even he wanted. And then we were like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, even, yeah. even as the Legend Master, I, I was a little like, what? 
wait oh yeah oh whoa (laughs) (laughs) and that's compass comes is like i need to make sure you know for billy to to not have that the the light dim right kind of is your analogy right yeah billy had his ideas about what everyone was and he had different orders from paw and he was going to follow through it no matter what and Mm. and just the setting for that that conversation where that's where everyone's being the most honest with Evie. You've confessed that, you know, you set up the whole McCarty baby incident and everything. Yeah. The baby died at her hands. No one's clean. Everyone, everyone has these problems. And Evangeline is just like, well, but my, this, this worldview that I have can't just be shattered by believing suddenly that everyone is evil. Mm-hmm. So you take it at a moment in there and you're just like, well, if everyone's dirty, then, but, you know, there are still good people like Paul, like my brothers, like mm-hmm. other people that she looks up to, then it must just mean that getting your hands dirty is, is, is part of maturing. You say it's like, maybe it's just, I have to kind of grow up. Maybe it's reminding you of learning your medical practice. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, you get your hands dirty in order to make things better. That's part of how it goes. And in reckon, trying to reconcile that, Billy provides her with this idea that, you know, Pa could be very good and still have something wrong with him. It's like he's sick. And that's a beautiful mindset. I'm looking right at you, Compass, okay? This is mm-hmm. a beautiful mindset that Evangeline needs in order to understand. There is something very wrong with Pa, but that doesn't have to break the worldview that he is a good man. That you, you can still do something to fix and heal that. And Mm -hmm. to see that play through was orchestrated storytelling brilliance. (laughs) And you're telling me that you improv that. Okay, guys. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's it. It... (laughs) There's a style called winging it. I I try using it often. Um, let's see. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna expand one here again a little bit from um, Lady Hawks. Hers is particularly for Kristen, so we'll start there. Um, did you have interactions and experiences that you were hoping for to expand your character, particularly in playing such a young character? Lots of formative moments, I presume, could be could be had here. Was there a moment? And I'm gonna throw it to everyone else to start thinking about it too. Was there a moment or a conversation that you were hoping to have that you didn't get to see played through? Maybe something that happened off screen that did happen that you imagine we would have had this conversation or something that could never happen now. A moment missed. So you need a moment. Man, I when I think about it, I'm like, no. I mean, in my thought process is like just her trying to hold on to that light and trying to keep as pure as possible. So I almost didn't want too much to happen because I didn't want her to be twisted by the world too much. You know, I just like just having her hold on to her light, you know, I like I just I think of real life like your light kind of gets snuffed a little bit, you know, and like I just want it to hers to burn brightly and that she can hold on to that. So, yeah. <laughs> 
I was very pleased to see that that she able she's able to go through that story and hold that point of view as you see that everything else around has broken the brothers in all these different ways and many of the other characters and stuff and to have that hopeful light that can stay steady through mm-hmm. gives that gives a story a, another form of beauty she wants to blow on everybody else's fire kind of and mm-hmm. bring it back so so yeah so the ending is like hmm, what what does what is gonna change <laughs> you know because she has that's her growing up moment I think mm-hmm. it's like Oh, this is real life, you know. So, I mean, she's got to grow up someday. So, um, I think this is the youngest to oldest order. <laughs> so, Alex for Cole. So, I felt that I think everything that I had seated in got paid off in some way, and honestly. We got, like, the best-case scenario for Cole. I don't know how we threaded this needle. I gave him, like, a 10% survival rate for a variety of reasons and ways to go. Um, and, and there were just so many things that I was actually really surprised by that fed into his survival. And, like, Danny was a huge part of that, which I did not expect. I was like, so Billy is the one he's most attached to. Billy would have the most ability to save him, but he can't. Mm-hmm. He's not there, and he doesn't understand in that way. And Danny, oh my gosh, you put in so much effort, conversation after conversation, <laughs> like, like just little yeah. by little. And I was sort of just like mentally like kind of keeping the ticks in my head of what exactly mm-hmm. did you say? You know, what was your vibe when you said it? You know, how did you react when he pushed back on it and all those different things? And then, like, with the glasses where you were, like, so adamant, you even used a hero point to, like, get the glasses. <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, that was kind of, like, in my mind, representing Cole's perspective. So, like, when he mm. loses them on the bridge, it's, like, nah, he's, like, he's tunnel vision on his goal. But you, like, put that in to get it back. I was, like, okay, that's got to be rewarded. So, you know, he's got that at the end. That's going to give you that extra minute of he will listen to you. Mm. So. Oh, interesting. Um, I love that's one of my favorite metaphors is is the is the, the losing the glasses is Lou is you know Cole's nearsighted losing the glasses you, you know he's not he's not as have a, a vision going mm. forward you it's, don't need it, one to do need... what he's gonna do <laughs> you don't need glasses that's to funny. shoot a gun at that range I didn't think that deeply into it that's awesome <laughs> okay yeah Schultz <laughs> <laughs> that's cool though. I mean that's why I think it works so well because we were in our characters like for Danny it was just his little brother needs his glasses that's all that matters he's not gonna let his little brother not have glasses but through the whole thing you were looking for those opportunities <clears throat> to make that connection and to be healing even like the first time you walk in on Cole using after you got down the, the bank teller yeah you yeah. don't lay into him. You don't say, "What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Why would you do that?" Your re- your response is, "Hey, there's something you've got to do. Look beyond yourself. You need to take care of Evangeline." And that helps Cole to start getting into a healthier mindset, where it's is kind of compliant. I'm just going to kind of do that. But then, at the end of that, you're asking, once he's in that better mental spot with it, are you okay? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it never comes across as judging him for that. You don't even tell him not to do it. But it's first, look beyond yourself to what Evangeline needs. And then take care of yourself. And that is what I was saying at the beginning about 
you treat these topics that are so serious and so real with such reverence and respect, real reality, real outcomes, and good approaches. So, I love it. So, though, does this mean, though, you're saying that there really wasn't a scene that you felt that you needed to see through or could imagine through? Yeah, I don't think so. Other than, like, the ending, really, I had my assumed probable ending, and we didn't do that. Right. So, <clears throat> I think that's the only thing. Because Danny really was, he had, like, his goal, and he just goes for the ride, and that's kind of how I was playing it, too. So, I don't... I mean, Cattleby wasn't fun. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob. (laughs) I was just teasing. That was, yeah, no, I I don't think there's anything. I think we hit... I don't don't think I had any expectations, really. Cattleby was not wrote that way. Cattleby Mm. very much, I wanted, I changed him a little. He was in there. And I changed his attitude and perspective a little bit only because I wanted it to be a test. A little bit against Danny. A little bit against how you guys would handle somebody picking. Just nitpicking. Just pushing a little bit. Not extreme, you know? And um, and adding a little bit of a wild card to the whole situation I thought was an interesting way to see how you guys would handle it. Yeah, telling Coley looks just like his dad. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, look at Jake nodding. <laughs> that was that was the best response. Oh my goodness! There were a couple of there are a couple of like role play moments where I'm just like, how was that so smooth and seamless? That one was one of those moments, perfectly smooth and seamless. The other one I really really love is uh, Danny Danny walking in on Evangeline and Billy doing the makeup and everything and like your first reaction is just like what who is this like werewolf in a suit like like <laughs> just it doesn't look like because you've been having your own conversation right and then you two just like walk right into just like into that scene oh that's right we had funny moments too back from the the question chain here um compass was there a scene that you imagined having happen that maybe have an off scene or or that you were expecting or hoping would happen one conversation that I was really hoping that Billy would have is with Paul. Oh. Because it was one of those situations that is never going to happen now. But um, is one of the, oh, how to phrase it. Because of all the different conversations, all the experiences that he had with his siblings, at the very beginning, Billy was kind of torn about Paul. He respected him. He, I mean, he didn't exactly love him, but he respected him. He feared him and everything like that. But by the end of it, he had like the deepest love for Paul because Paul had all these ideas. Cole couldn't be leader. Danny had to be leader. Uh, Evangeline had to be kept away from the world, all these different things. And Paul was right every step of the time. So, um, so Billy at the end, he really wanted to apologize to Paul that and say that his sorries. Wow, hmm. that's funny because that meshes well with what I said. Like Danny stepped into the role Paul wanted him to have. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Billy was wanting, uh, trying to reject every step of the way, but finally came to the decision that Paul was right. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, 
I'm, that's another page that you've given me now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, okay, now we have a, a question here from um, another one of our uh, uh, supporters um, from uh, from Compass. <laughs> uh, Compass asks, um, who is the best character and why is it Billy? <laughs> I'll make a not so much joke. <laughs> I'll make a not so much joke off of this. Literally, Billy and Evangeline kept us alive. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what Cole and Danny are doing, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those it's intros, funny. though, man. They're so good. Yeah. It's oh, fun. man. Um, okay, so, well, follow up on that one. Because, you know, it's a it's a rhetorical question. Everyone knows. <laughs> um, of at course, the beginning, of course. Danny was having to choose at the safe. He was going to continue with his dark self stealing or his reform self. Um, if his love was the one who was reforming, reforming him, did Danny have, did Dan have any plans for Danny if he started berserking away from the reform? So kind of like how, how much did, how much did A anchor you in that decision not, not to go down a path darker than you needed to? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this when I saw it too. Um... Because I never planned for Danny to be... I didn't... He is the one that wants... That sees more for the family, but he wasn't like... He didn't want to make the family good. Like, to him, everyone's broken. We're all going to do crappy stuff. What A taught him was that he's not bound by these people around him. He can make his own choices. He's, he's free to make his own choices and suffer those consequences. Which lends to the traps very well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, emphasis on suffer. On suffer, yeah. <laughs> and that's right. That other than Gattleby, he didn't really get upset about anything else. <laughs> but no, for for him, yeah. A was more about it, and I, I I hope it came out too. Is that Danny was suicidal when A found him? Like he was drugged out, gonna kill himself, or was probably trying to kill himself on drugs. And she's the one nursing back to health. And can taught him everything he was trying to teach to Cole. So he's like the, you know, the addict who's gotten clean and is is now has to be a sponsor to Cole is kind of how he saw his relationship to Cole. But he's very happy to get his hands dirty because he thinks the whole world is dirty. So really what A's anchor was is I'm I'm free from these free from the chains that mm -hmm. Pop has on me. I can make my own choices. Ironically, it's what Pa wanted. He just Dan and it's funny the comparison between Billy too. Billy, Billy's thinking Pa was right, and Danny's like Pa had the right idea, right, and right. didn't execute it right. Mm -hmm. So, I think that was really he was fine getting his hands dirty, but the thing that kept because Danny kept almost dying, it was getting really stressful. <laughs> Because <laughs> he has a child. <laughs> He's like, I'd really like to see the baby. <laughs> My bad. I and, and without Danny, like, I don't know that the other ones really... What do they do, right? Mm. Look at Cole, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? I mean, probably, right? And, yeah. then, and then what does he do? He's like, He's like counting on Danny. That's why Danny has to be the leader. Danny has to take the chains. Billy has to get used to that because... He's the one that's going to walk him out of this. Mm -hmm. 
Because Cole's plan doesn't go that far. Mm-hmm. But but there is no out of this without Cole's plan from his perspective. So it's a, it's like a stuck situation. Mm-hmm. And it all falls apart without Danny, which is why I know we're kind of tangenting here. But this is why Cole like is messed up when Danny like basically dies pretty close in that, yeah. that one mm-hmm. thing. He's like, yeah, this changes cool. everything. I'm not just thinking about my plan. We have to get out of here. There's, there's, yeah. Yeah. Really shakes up everything at that point. And he's kind of a mess. <laughs> I love and Billy's him. seen that like 10 plus times already. He's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get up just like he always does. He's going to take the chains again. <laughs> and then- <laughs> and I, I love the um, I love the analogy of taking the chains. I want to throw this out here. The first time I heard it, 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 it rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, it's reins. Let's take the reins. Why did you <laughs> Why did you say chains? And then and then it hit me. It's like because reins are things that you gently and lovingly, or sometimes you know fiercely guide something in a constructive way. Chains don't do that. They, they drag you down, it's a heavy weight of responsibility, and you can haul something with chains. Pa's not a reins person, he's a chains person. And taking that is something that, you know, Billy can't do, he can't make those decisions, he can't go through those compromises, he needs to go in just like, yeah, this person needs to be beat up, You're picking on my little brother, I'm gonna break both your arms. But that's, that's, not, that's not directing, it's not leading, and so we have this idea of of who can take those chains. Now Cole's idea is to take those chains and to end the problem. He's going to drag that chain, drag down that problem with him. This it's just gonna be gone. He's gonna be dead. Paul's gonna be dead. That's the only weight that he can he can hold. He can't live with the weight of the responsibility and the the regret of having gone and done that with the with a feeling that Evie is going to look at him as a monster for the rest of his life. And yet, Danny is the one that can take those chains because he's learned how to let them down and replace them with reins that can guide. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you, you're you taking that. That's why when Cole at the end is like, fine, I'm, I, if we're not killing Pa, I'm resigned to be his his caretaker. You know, I'm carrying him out. I'm going to watch him for the rest of life, make sure that he never hurts the family again. If I can't kill him, then then that's that. And if I have to kill him, I'm, I'm going to be the one to do that. And holding that responsibility is still just another self-sacrificing, self-chaining that you'd never be free of. Mm-hmm. And so Danny is the one that has to, that, that's there and takes that. It's my weight. It's my responsibility. Yeah. Give it to me because I know how to let it down let it go not live rather to to live with what you have to and Mm -hmm. put down what you can't carry yeah yeah well said so what if evie had to live a life of crime how would you have reconciled this is again another compass question here but what would you have what would you have done and how would Evie have struggled if she had to just accept that I am a criminal I'm going to be committing mm-hmm. crimes this is is this could you reconcile that it all does help somebody in the end mm. if she had kept the ocarina thing I guess it was just like 
it she would start on her journey earlier, I guess, you know, of of coming down from the fantasy of not ever having bad things in her vision, you know? So, I mean, part of me is like, it's got to happen sometime, but um, it's going to happen sometime. I don't know. She just hasn't gotten there yet. But so cool. yeah. <laughs> what? No, no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> but again, like, again, here, just another illustration of Billy protecting Evangeline, not by fighting something, mm-hmm. but by, by taking away that ocarina, crushing it, and mm-hmm. saying, no, this is not a part of you. You don't have to be this. Mm-hmm. Just get it's, so. Yeah. It solidified her vision of, like, trying to keep that light, mm-hmm. you know? I think all the brothers And how precious that, that is and how everybody has it and to bring that out and to, you know, improve everybody else around her. Mm-hmm. And you see that the brothers do protect that, protect that point of view. Um, Cole's very reassuring that, no, Evie, you're, you're, you're light. You're the, you're the best of us. You're just, you're, you're the special child that, that is different and deserves to be different. And Dan is just being like, no, this isn't on you. This is on Pa. Mm-hmm. You don't don't think of yourself as being ruined because of this. You didn't kill the little McCarty. You, you did what you had to do, what you thought was healing and everything. It's on everyone else that used you in that way. Mm-hmm. And to see that, I think that even if you were to pursue that, down that, that life of crime, I could see that Evie would see where it was able to do good where it was necessary and the brothers would would protect that point of view probably for a good long time mm-hmm. and that was like an awkward situation to be in because it's like everybody protect evie protect her light and i'm like i don't know it's like so much pressure on on Kristen and evie you know to like protect it you know like um yeah, just the expectation of that, and so that's what she's gonna do. Yeah, so it's like kind of like yeah, her goal in life. That was one potential conversation that could have happened that didn't. I wouldn't say what? I'd ex- expect it. If Danny had to kill Pa in front of Evie, I think Danny's the only one that's okay with Evie getting her hands dirty to an extent. He's like, at some mm-hmm. point you do need to grow up because Billy and Cole, I think, see her more. Same with Pa. They have this very hyperbolic vision of these people to the extreme where Danny's like seeing kind of reality. That's why he's mm-hmm. able, he's the first one to be able to forgive Pa. And he's, he could have, if the ending I was assuming was going to happen, but wasn't sure, but thought, how should I say it? The most probable in my mind ending Danny would have had to kill Pa to stop Cole from doing it and Evie would have seen it mm-hmm. and be like this is you would have been like the things aren't clean mm-hmm. so I think he would have been the most he would have been the first one to be okay with that he still wants you to maintain who you are but he knows everybody gets their hands dirty I want to mm-hmm. play off that little scenario yeah Cole is going to kill Pa Dan knows that Cole can never live with that so. yeah Danny has to kill Paul first. Billy, how would you respond? Mm. Um, because of how the situation, 
I think it's one of those situations where if he was in range of Danny, he would have done an opportunity attack. <laughs> Albeit, at the end, he actually had high respect for Danny, so he wouldn't have gone lethal. He would have done non-lethal just to try to stop him from shooting Paul. Mm. Um, Interesting. It, for the situation, he can't be at both places at the same time, but doing anything to stop Paul from being killed. What would Cole have done if he saw Billy bringing in Halberd at Danny? I think that would have been the one thing that could have gotten Cole to turn his gun at Billy because Danny is essential for getting any of them out and without Danny there is no plan. So Cole would have had to respond that way. And I don't know, it would have been, it would have depended like, you know, how lethal does this look? How clearly is it non-lethal? Is it the blade or is it the blunt? Like, there'd have to be some situation reading, but it would either be a shot or a standoff. And then to throw Ooh, to Evangeline. She would have lost all faith in everything. So <laughs> if all of her brothers just turned on each other and stuff, like, she's just like, everything's a lie. Like, life is a lie. You know, she would that would have completely changed her outlook on everything. <laughs> and, and I mean, it would have been rough. Like, let's assume that all of these strikes do hit and drop people. <laughs> um, we have Danny drop. Let's suppose somehow, you know, then we do actually succeed in shooting Billy. Then Cole does shoot himself. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a and real then Evie's all by herself, broken, yeah. with maybe a wounded somebody like. Yeah, you know, right. to patch yeah. back up, but... And the worst part is, really would have done non-lethal, so Danny would have lived too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so it could have gone real bad, just like... But there wouldn't have been anyone to stop Cole unless somehow Evangeline, but I don't know, like, it's... Yeah. That... I mean, the good news is that pistols do crap damage, so, like, <laughs> we probably would have been okay, because <laughs> it really tough. He takes multiple shots on the daily. <laughs> right. But, but... That's like again. I was very afraid of that scenario, but also very excited in case that happened. Because I'm like, "Yep, this is gonna be a tragedy." Okay, we're gonna Romeo and Juliet this in in the worst way. <laughs> um, um, question for Alex: What was your favorite family secret? Oh, okay, for sure, the kid. I had no idea at all that was like a complete surprise and that was just such a good reveal and it the best part is you were presenting it as this hopeful thing to live for and Cole (laughs) is like now my fate is sealed (laughs) that is awesome thanks for holding on to that Jake (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> how close were we to a TPK? And and how <laughs> many times? I will I'll say that the potential for them all turning on 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 each other because it was possibly one of them. But like, actually, how close do we get here? Uh, about three times. Better than I expected. Felt like honestly, it. them denying <laughs> their them denying their level up i was like okay um okay i'm not weakening these monsters this is a choice so 
I say we bubbled up now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll take it now. (laughs) Now that they want to live, they want to level. (laughs) This is that's healthy. I I see Rex at only three, but the thing is, is there was multiple times where I thought for sure we were going to lose a character, uh, Danny. Um, But <laughs> the, the three times where I was like, they're not going to make it out. They're, oh, they're going to make it out. It usually was also saved by Billy. Yeah, if I didn't make Billy to be such a beast, such a monster, I don't know how he would have gotten through anything. No. Nope. And Evie. It's her Bill- just like, Bill- I mean, <laughs> You were healed. Yeah, Billy was the product <laughs> of my power gaming days of knowing how to make such a epic character, and then put, uh, just bringing it in with the role play and how he had to be bound. Yeah. Mm. Which is the best balance. The best balance for any character build is a good player that understands what makes a character fun, and. Ultimately, it doesn't matter if you build something underpowered or overpowered. If you're playing to the character and you're playing to have fun with your group, it's going to be fun for everyone. Game master, other party members, whatever the scenario is that comes through. Well, oh dang, I just, I had a thought and I was going to place and then it just... Billy has that effect on people. <laughs> Billy, Billy. He, likes to, he likes to take their mind away. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it just rolls off the rest of them, you know. Fine. <laughs> I don't know, we'll go with the next Was question. Was he actually supposed to be really our ally, like full-on ally? You talking about Phoebe? Yeah. Um... It really depended on the route you took. Because we were suspicious of her. Basically, <laughs> yeah. since the first mission. Oh, she was definitely in the beginning was your ally. Everybody then, raise your mm-hmm. hand if by episode two you were going to kill Phoebe by the end. I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, wait, they're killing her? <laughs> I, maybe I played my character too well. I'm like, what? <laughs> Well, for, for Dave, we talked about this last movie night a, a lot too. Because as soon as Danny gave Phoebe the letter to A, she was dead. Oh, I didn't hear uh, that. It was. I didn't say it. Uh, I just knew. Wanted posters. Yeah, the wanted posters got it for you guys, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna, okay. We're gonna talk about Phoebe now. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, first off all, from my little topic here that I promised we were going to get to, which is called Why We All Need to Kill Phoebe. I, I think this was right, Why We All Want to Kill Phoebe, but that's not well, how it's spelled out. Yeah. First of all, first of all, um, Phoebe um, mocks them for their loss and for the stuck situation that they are in. They come back wounded and broken and everything from that from that first thing. It's the first thing she's like, <laughs> you're mine, it's with dirt on you. Um, right? So, okay, so first off, with that, I, I I I was like, man, I haven't wanted to to hurt an, an, um, uh, a character so much since like Dolores Umbridge, Harry Potter. So <laughs> that's where we're at here, okay. Um, but then just like some other strikes against you here. One, um, she tries to both buy off the family 
and leverage Paws being kidnapped to get them to do her do her work, which means that she doesn't understand how much they actually the, they actually want Paw back. Because if they did, then why is she trying to pay them and bribe them into doing this? Nor does she understand how much some of them do not want Paw back. In which case, she would be probably you know being like, "Hey, despite the fact you hate him, I'm going to pay you more, is so that you will actually do this for me." But at the same time, if she thought they were actually cold-hearted killers that could actually go in and do this kind of job, why would she feel comfortable actually mocking them on their pain situation? <laughs> but if she thought that they were nice enough that they would just go along with this as a little joke and an inconvenience because you're making them rich and getting their paw back, then how does she think they're actually capable people to go on these missions and accomplish this work? I am baffled by TV. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> it makes it fantastic because I think in a lot of ways Phoebe kind of ends up serving as like a precursor to Pa. Like she's a person that steps into that authority in like kind of a heartless, dysfunctional, but also like supportive way that kind of mirrors Pa. And then like them having the agency and determination of like, nah, no more. It's kind of like the foreshadowing of like, we don't know how Pa's going to go down, mm. but we know that the siblings are together and it's going to resolve it somehow. That's fun. Yeah. And Evie right. will never know. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, that works. That, 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 yeah. That, yep. They have the same. <laughs> the, the, the elimination of Phoebe is this beautifully orchestrated effort amongst the, amongst the family in order to deal with something that everyone's assessed is this threat. Like Cole and Danny are both on the same wavelength. It just takes a glance, just Phoebe, Phoebe. Like, they both know what has to happen in, in this great parallel idea. They also have made that same judgment call on Paw. They're just, they're going to go through and they're gonna execute it, but how they're going to do it is is something that they haven't worked through with Paul, but with Phoebe, they've taken that step. And so it's just, yep, Billy's with Danny, and Billy makes a spectacular, and shall I dare say, satisfying <laughs> resolution to that. Um, while, while Cole's going out and being like, yep, no, um, Evie is not going to find out that we're monsters today. Yeah. That we're we're mm -hmm. keeping her safe with that. She's she's a part. Which in my opinion was going to make the Pa situation so tragic because it's like, look, look what they can do. They're capable of doing it. They're capable of coordinating and being on the same page and overcoming things. And mm -hmm. if all of their hurts and baggage then prevented them from doing that with Pa and it fell apart in one of the horrible domino situations, you'd be like it didn't have to be like that. We literally saw how it didn't have to be like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially like that was understood and planned and coordinated. It could have been, you know, you two got on the same, or Cole and Danny got on the same page. Like, this is what has to happen. All right. They could have agreed on that. Who's that responsibility is going to fall to? Perhaps there. Danny, especially if you're taking that, that reins chains, right? Telling Billy, like, this is what has to happen. Mm -hmm. Again, that would put Billy in a spot for a choice. But there's like, there's like a, almost a framework for how it could have worked out. But it didn't. Mm -hmm. Let's focus on the other really important detail, and that's blood on the halberd. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, there's a point that's brought up during this moment, 
of does Evie notice? Mm -hmm. And one of the one of the things is um, someone I forget who it was makes this comment. Well, like you know, there's there's gonna be blood on Billy's halberd, so maybe this is gonna be like an ordinary thing, and and maybe Evie's not gonna notice. But however, we know that 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 actually during the dress up scene. Billy uses his halberd as a mirror for Evie to see herself <laughs> with the disguise, which means that Billy keeps his halberd shiny and polished, which means that Evie would definitely know if they come out with blood all over that, that something happened. I'm sorry, did I spend too much? <laughs> At the beginning of the campaign, Billy hadn't killed someone in quite some time. So that's my argument. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I just like. I love it. <laughs> I'm just gonna say she didn't know. Like I don't know. She just didn't. We know. all didn't want you to know. So yeah. yeah. So I, I was also thinking while we were talking about that she's Evie's been on a different wavelength almost this whole time because she I didn't think anything about Phoebe in that way about killing her and then also in the end. I think maybe it was shocking people that she actually went over and she healed Pa or was trying to heal him and bring him back. I didn't know if that was something, but I was just like... upsetting, but not shocking. Yeah, but it was just like, (laughs) she's just on a totally different wavelength. She was stubborn. She was like, I'm going to heal him. He's coming back with us, you know? And like, she was just, yeah, completely different wavelength from what all the boys were doing. And you shouldn't have been anything other than that, too. And the, the drama of it that Cole needs Pa to die in that moment. You are actively bringing him back. We didn't know. We have no idea. Were you going to snap out of it? Was he going to become lucid? Yeah, was right? He become, mm-hmm. Was he going to, you know, be be physically capable? Like, what if you did get him back on his feet? What if he did start shouting orders? And, I mean, and like, that undoing... Was like, that was, like, a huge fear for Cole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's tr- it, it, was, it was tremendous. And yet, at the same time, then, we're still weird, like, about Billy, I think at that point, I think like Billy's like almost, almost set. I forget maybe quite where he gets out of or that. Comes back, yeah. Jeopardy, but I believe that that starts while Billy is in Jeopardy. And again, we're making choices here. What's more, who's more important to to Evie? Who's more important to Billy? Billy doesn't care about what's happening to him. He's be definitely like you go and you heal Paw and you take care of them over me. And Cole's just like, this is the one thing I can't have happen. You'd be literally undoing the work of the person who's just kept you alive to get to this point at all. Yep. Live chat. Oh, wait, wait, what, what question from Interplanar Crossroads. Thank you, Adam. Was Byron completely improvised or was he already present in the module and where did this depart? If I can, <laughs> if I anticipate the answer. Uh, so Byron was originally just for the bank scene, and I just with Evangeline uh, generating the relationship there, and the whole situation, I I wrote the rest in. And so good because that that's that's a that's a big early win for Evie. Where she's the one like that is making that connection, going about it in a non-lethal, healthy way, and even kind of sticking it to Dan to keep his promise that he's got to return those keys mm-hmm. pays off, and he's like the one person who does not screw you over in this, and that's that's Evie's win, and that comes from her point of view on people, which may have 
in that early session, just been like, well, no, she's off base. He's he's drunk. He's probably a lousy bar, a lousy teller. What are you doing? He's never going to do anything back for you, and you're probably going to get him fired. Actually, but <laughs> no, her point of view is 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 vindicated in the end, where you actually make a better life for him, not as a bank teller, but you do essentially give him a job. Yeah, he's promoted. Yeah. <laughs> I think that matters so much to him in the end there. He's he's found a family. And to an extent, people start to not trust him, trust him, but like a little bit, little bits of trust, little bits of accepting him to being a part of their unit is really great. I think we're ready for live chat questions. So, right. hey, Ooh. if you're in chat, start uh, throwing some more of these in there. So we have, um, let's see, we have from from Rex. Is that what we usually go by? Just Rex? Yeah. Okay, cool. Technically, the first question is Julian's, right? Or... Yeah, technically. It is, but he's he's already had a little segment. <laughs> so doesn't I'm play game. <laughs> I I am about that. Um so um Rex has a question. Jacob, was there a spy among the players' helpers since they seem to get ambushed by the goblins? Um not directly. Okay. Uh, there was a spy amongst the um, uh, agents of Alkenstar. Okay. So yeah. that was how. I had a feeling. <laughs> but not someone that we, not something that we bump into in the story. No dice I rolled. Okay. Mm. Yep. But a lot of the side stuff I came to rolling dice between characters and NPCs and situations because it's just fun for me to let that roll. Are they responsible for the wanted poster making it back to Phoebe before the party does? Yes. I love his pauses. <laughs> that was, uh, I was just like, what? How? <laughs> How? And because How? of that, we thought Phoebe needed to die. Yep. Oh yeah, because yep. like clearly, Jewish <laughs> Sultan the only one who saw all their faces. Like it was either had her or had to be someone working with her because just like from the time of the bank robbery, even if something was seen there and they had some sort of a magic Polaroid security camera that that took pictures of them and automatically compiled an image and printed it how and then broadcast it. it. How is she even holding it by the time? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, that just was another one of those, like, it's a setup. Phoebe sold you out. But, okay, it's nice to know that wasn't Phoebe. All the same. Directly. Someone had directly. to pull it out at that point. There was money involved. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have to pull it out at that. He did to be yeah, bad. It was unwise. Very unwise. Right. <laughs> 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 oh. Um, next question from from Rex. For Alex, is Cole going to stay with the family after everything that happened? Or is he going to wander to find peace? I think we already hit something on that, but if you want to nuance it this time. Yeah, um Yeah, I mean Cole's gotta stay with the family. Cole is not 
he is not a social person. He's a very like perceptive, empathetic person, but he is not somebody that functions solo socially well. He doesn't want to, it's not comfortable. And then compounded with all of his struggles and experiences in the family, he's actually like very stunted on that level. Um, so his safe space really at this point is following Danny's advice, having Billy to protect him, and just kind of hoping Evangeline's right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which is, which is like where that family is going at the end. And there is so much that hope that's put in there with Cole being able to release those chains to not to be to be free of that ending of you spend the rest of your life in guilt or you spend the rest of your life just guarding against paw it was going to leave you without that opportunity to live one way or another whether or not it was a two bullet scenario yeah and i think at the end cole is broken but in the sense of re-breaking a bone so it can heal correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I don't know if this is where we want to segue or anything. But that's kind of that's why he's crying at the end. Okay, we we did probably um, get to this question. It, it's like he has come to terms with he's come to terms with a bunch of things. He came to terms with killing Pa. He came to terms with sparing and actively rescuing Pa. He came to terms with. Okay, I'm going to spend the rest of my life making sure Pa doesn't do anything. Seeing Pa differently now as this helpless person that can do nothing, and he's going to babysit indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pa dying and realizing in that little glimpse where he could see Pa as a different person, see him as not a monster but a helpless person who needs pity, now realizing he will never have anything with Pa. Billy says that Pa used to be a good person. Cole's never gonna see that, he never did see it. Mm -hmm. And he's genuinely mourning Pa's death because it's a loss of a father he never had. I have, a, I have, a, I have a, no, 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 no way to follow up on it. That is just beautiful. <laughs> what about? Oh, actually, I want to actually let's jump over to to compass for Billy. Why is Billy crying okay. at the end? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's one of those situations of um, kind of what I talked on it before. That if Cole killed Paul. That bond that they had, Billy would have been considered broken because Cole is no longer the person that he he knew. And so something went terribly wrong. He didn't know what happened. Um, that That's where there was like a touch of that with the whole pistol scenario about, you know, why are you holding a gun? Um, he, he At that point, he knew that Cole was changing, but he didn't think of it as something that need, needed to truly be emphasized. It was just more like, hey, you are changing and I'm still going to follow you and do what you say. Um, but with if he would have killed Paul, that would have been breaking where um, where he would have like lost what he thought was his friend for his entire life. 
So it was actually pretty stressful for Billy. That's why he was shaking during the final confrontation. Because it's like, he, he wouldn't have known what to do if that actually followed through. What about Evangeline? Why is Evangeline crying at the end? Now again, I don't know that she necessarily like say that you are, but just supposing. Um. Well, she's just like, because her whole thing was we we're going to save Pa. That's the that was her whole goal. This is what we're doing. That was why part of her idea was we aren't even going to the factory because we need to get Pa. So let's let's subcontract out our job. Um. So for her, it was just like she was going to bring the family together and everything was going to be hunky-dory and it's going to be fine. And so that whole vision of what she was hoping for was shattered when, like, he's gone, you know, and, and she failed to save him because that's her job is to be the healer, to, to, to help, you know, to heal people. And she wasn't there or, like, she, she still doesn't know exactly what happened, but, you know, she wasn't the one that was there to be all aware to save him and then Dan now again Danny is not crying at the end so you mm. can either answer this one as why are you not crying or <laughs> if it's something that maybe was internal for the character he already he already grieved Pa's death and everything before so for him this was he knew this was coming no matter what situation we ended up in that's how it was going to end for it in his mind because mm -hmm. he was he'd love to see Billy be able to let go as well but he didn't think it would be that easy so he knew this was going to be and then once Cole got to the point when he re really realized he knew Cole was going to be you know coming in episode one it's like I don't know where everybody is right now but by the time we see Cole with the gun and stuff he's like okay I gotta do this, and I and I love that that <laughs> metaphor of when Cole decides to do that, he takes unmarked bullets from Danny to mm -hmm. let him know, like when when you see how this plays through, it 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 wasn't you; those weren't yours. They didn't have your name on. Mm -hmm. To try in that in that quiet way to say like that's that's not this is not on you. Don't don't take it. You're trying to. Re release Danny from the, the kind of burden that you feel you can't live with because you don't know at that time that Danny's in, a, in the right place for that yeah. where he could have he could have given you marked bullets and he does offer you the marked bullets right but so, Cole can't live with it himself so he's like <laughs> you didn't sign this for me mm -hmm. you know mm. and then when Pa is killed it's with Pa's knife. Metaphorically, by his hand. Not by yours. Danny's the one that can do that and, and have that release. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I wanted to be a way of Danny's letting go, too. Officially. He didn't get that moment like Cole had and stuff to just... Yeah, I'm done. I just also love, like, Cole's... Cole does actually kind of reach out to, to each of, of his siblings about that moment beforehand to kind of prep them because to Evie it's it's a matter of like like you know you're you're still good this isn't going to be you know you know 
it's not so much like that you're doing it for you. I think it's just like affirming your goodness and your role going through it. And then for Billy, it was a matter of I'm I'm doing what I'm doing to take care of you. So I like that that each of those moments got to play through, but just having that that very Western that metaphor of the gun represents something. It represents agency. It represents the fact that anyone can do what needs doing is the picture of the gun. Um, if you're feeling lucky today, kid, this is the life you're signing up for. Whereas the knife or a sword represents skill. It represents a purpose and it represents the ability that is inside of yourself to kill or take a life, which Danny has internalized that. And he has that piece inside of him that allows him to be able to do that. It's not the cheap way out. It's the exercised and practiced and skilled way out. So that's just that some of that Western metaphor that comes through. Like I said, it makes a great Western in addition to everything else about being a great story. Mm-hmm. That fits well with Danny told Cole too that he needed to teach him how to use the gun. Oh, right, because there's nothing more dangerous than a gun in the hands of someone who doesn't doesn't use it. Like, oh my gosh, that was another moment, absolute chills. Uh. Like, did you you not script that going forward? (laughs) Did you not sit down beforehand and say, we need Danny to say, like, exactly this thing, because it's just going to be such a beautiful, you know... Yeah. beautiful moment here that illustrates such a cruelly ironic what thing at the end of the story when we see what that means but i had no idea cole wanted bullets she surprised me alex surprised me with that <laughs> oh man we specialize in winging it <laughs> maybe that's our group name winging it winging it just All winging right. it um, let's see, a couple more chat questions. I know we're closing up on two, but we'll grab a couple more. So we're going to do this a little bit quicker here. Um, Interplanar Crossroads wants to know, do Byron and Ma get together? Ah, no, sorry, don't answer that. That's, that's, that's potentially spoilers for something coming up. Sorry, we saw that, but we, we, we're not, we're not, we're not going there, there. Stay um, tuned. From, from Rex, Jacob, was there ever a chance for the family to stay in the city, not as criminals at the end, or at that point was the reputation so ruined they'd have to leave? There was a chance. It all depended on how they roll. I mean, they failed right from the beginning by not doing the bank job. Right. <laughs> 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 became criminals by failing Man. to successfully be criminals. <laughs> you just all have to get hung again. That's, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> always the solution. Uh, from great mustache. Uh, yes, we have to do. We have to do this one here, um, because of course he was guest starring for our flashback episode, and his questions about that one. Yes. Um, what parts, if any, did the flashback episode play into the game? And oh, do I have an answer? But I'm giving it to you guys. Come on. What? How do you see the flashback playing into that story? I'm go grab a handkerchief and um, do this. <laughs> do you, you want to go? Compass? Do you want to take oh, it? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, well, um, a part of it is, I mean, I view it as very systematic, whereas, like, well, for one, you know, Billy said that he hated, um, goblins and spirits at the very beginning so it actually gave credence to the goblins thing which i was so happy because that part i made uh kind of just made up the spirit part was actually embedded in the shadow 
but um but the but the, for the most part i mean it really got to show the bond between billy and cole something that was very hinted at but it, it was never really shown on camera it's actually in their like hidden backstory about you know how close they were and it just everything got ruined with billy's conditioning so that's uh, probably another reason why Cole hated Paul so much was because he got to see, you know, that great relationship between the two. Uh, but then with the conditioning went further with Billy, that was then taken away. Then they both felt like they couldn't reach and come back together in that bond. So it was just the pure horrible tragedy of the past coming up to the present and how it was shaping it. Yeah, and I think the timing of it was the perfect place in the series. Mm -hmm. um, it gave us a chance to, like, show where certain things came from and also set up some things to pay off because I don't think the ending with Billy and Cole's resolution has quite the same impact if you mm -hmm. don't have this scene. Mm -hmm. Once you have this scene, you can see the thread through the whole thing from that episode. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it ended up being actually really important and not a skippable episode. No, 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 absolutely not. You have, you have like, you have Cole pleading with Billy, let's run away, let's be free. And that, you know, right there, that kind of incorporates Danny, who's not playing in that episode right but that incorporates that idea that like danny's running off to be free that hasn't happened yet canonically to the to the story there but there's there's that pleading there's a moment like let's go let's be free we can do this you have the establishment of this this idea of billy used to carry coal everywhere they were that close they needed that physical contact and support and healing and then you see oh yeah that's what you know why cole's pacing about at night unable to sleep and just falls asleep next to not no contact with billy just wanting billy to be able to reach out and just say it's all right and put a hand on him and say you know i'm here or to take care of his wounds like he used to when he get hurt that was how billy knew to initiate that caring action and that's lost somewhere between that and the end where it comes into focus. It's it's about Pa. And that's the cause for that. And I'll say the thing I desperately wanted to see, like the scene I wanted the most going through that, is like all I need to see is in the end, Billy is carrying Cole. And I always pictured that, that Cole is dead in Billy's arms. Mm -hmm. But maybe Billy finally crying, well, tears running down from again, a flat affect, stern face but but there and seeing that they they did finally get that connection but we get that in the end though with they are both alive they are both okay he's carrying them to the wagon and they fall asleep next to each other in the back and it's just such a beautiful thing that's set up in that moment and just also just to see them eating pie you want your own pies no they they want to be on the floor <laughs> by themselves, sharing a pie together. Is so was rewarding. Good. Oh, yes. Oh, God. And then just the, the 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 pictures like that you have going through it. Some of those parallels and those moments of, you know, Dan and Danny and Cole 
you know, are often like hand in hand running through. Billy is often carrying Evangeline. Like you see as a parallel just through the whole story, how the beginning and the bank robbery goes parallels very much the ending and the finale where you have Danny dragging Cole out, getting Cole to a place where Cole can move on his own and then Cole can carry a load and move forward. It's just both how that beginning scenario running from the bank and how it works out at the end. And then also you have Billy carrying Evangeline to safety. She's down in both of those and he's carrying her to safety. It's just a beautiful parallel in there that again, they, they tell me that the dice <laughs> side of these things and the characters, backstories, understand and just I think it's just great role play. <laughs> Knowing your characters brings these themes and parallels through the story one way or another, and that's how you're able to find it by looking into it. One more analogy, and I think this is a good place where we can wrap things up, is I I love the metaphor of it does not end with a showdown at noon in the middle of the streets for the town to see a dramatic resolution. That is the Western world. This finale ends in the dark. In a room with no windows. In a cave. At night. There is no light. But whatever it is that you walk in there with. If any. And it doesn't matter if there's a sunrise. If there's no one that lives to see it. Someone has to walk out of this dark cage, which you can use as a metaphor for any of the hurts, any of the pain that we talked about the Bennett's going through and experiencing before and during the story. And the resolution has to happen there in that dark between them, no one else. The family has to talk and express their hurts, express their needs and what they need to be healed they need to be healing each other and carrying each other through that and showing people that there's hope to walk out that door at the end to see a sunrise. And that's what they do. And that's how they earn that riding off into not a sunset, but into a sunrise where there is hope and where there has been healing and where the characters have grown just enough to see that and to take those steps it's not a everything's all better it's not a we resolved all of this hurt and pain and no nothing here got just like well, good look at that we're, we're it's it's we worked very very hard and your role playing is amazing playing those things through is hard and exhausting thinking through it very seriously is taxing and stretching and to see and to join you in the story that brings you and brings us through that to that resolution is a treasure. And I thank you all so much for it. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Um, I will shout out speaking of sequels. This gang will be getting back together. Starting in March, we're taking February off to plan for the next game. Which, they're all ready. 
They're already in on it. <laughs> Jake's got ideas. Oh yeah. Alex has ideas. <laughs> Comfort has ideas. Oh yeah. It's, Kristen it's and I not are a alone. No, I have ideas. That's right. I'm gonna kill you all. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. It is not a sequel oh. to Outlaws. <laughs> but uh, oh, there is a sequel to Outlaws. Dun dun dun. Yes. One can. Yes. Next time. Up next. Different, different world, thing. Different, different world. Character, different Pretty sure outlaws come back at some point. So stay tuned. I wouldn't yeah. say now. <laughs> I think I can speak for the fans when I say we have great expectations. I will be there for it. So so excited. Don't yeah, Jacob, don't mess up. <laughs> yeah, what the heck is that? That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. When in doubt, throw a door in front of me. It's fine. I know. You find a door in the desert. Do you yeah. open it? We, That's we where you our homestead yes. somewhere out. Establish a homestead out in the desert. Doesn't have any doors. <laughs> Danny's like yurts, guys. Yurts. <laughs> Dude, maybe, maybe, maybe little saloon doors that that, that toggle back and forth are, are harmless. Yeah, <laughs> see above, see below. Oh my word. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Zechariah, thank you so much for hosting this. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you for the bite. Chat, thank you so much for being here. You guys are awesome. And uh, I very much, very much look forward to what we're going to do next. Uh, man, what do we say? We have a couple questions that weren't answered. Maybe we can write to them directly. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I will find, even with saloon doors. Thank you, Julian. <laughs> 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 yes, we will absolutely do that. And uh, yeah, we could just keep chatting in the Discord if thinking? people want to know stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, you have to be a supporter if you want to join our private Discord. So if you want to enjoy this content and want to become a part of the ever growing force known as Avenue Studios, you can do so by joining our locals or Patreon community. Doing so not only helps us continue to create high quality content, but you will gain access to our private Discord as well as bonus content. You can chat with us, play games, watch movies. Kanaga movie night is officially happening and I will post on YouTube and lo everywhere we post stuff when that officially will be. You can still, of course, join and be a part of that. Get some giveaways and uh, don't forget maps. Awesome maps. Yes, yeah. Jacob has continuous growing maps and assets at one of the tiers. Um, you get custom art from Austin Curtis at one of the tiers, Zechariah painted minis at one of the tiers, uh, all kinds of stuff. There's some great people in there too. Thank you to all of those who do support us. Uh, don't forget to check the links in the description below for the sound music and ambience that we use. Shout out to tabletop audio. Uh, thank you. Compass, Chiru, my lovely wife, Jacob, Zechariah. You guys are <laughs> awesome. And, uh, let's see. Is there anything else I need to say? I don't think so. We will see you on the next adventure. Until then, farewell. Good night, y'all. Except I gotta push buttons and I'm slow. <laughs> This has been another fantastical episode of the AV Epics Podcast, an Avenue Studios production. Do give us a review on your podcast app of choice to help spread the word. You can further support us and become a part of the ever-growing forest known as Avenue Studios by joining our Patreon or Locals community. Doing so will not only help us to continue creating high-quality content, but you will also gain access to bonus content and our private Discord, where you can chat with us, play games, watch movies, and so much more. Don't forget to check our podcast 
podcast description for the music and ambience that we use. And thank you so very much for joining the adventure. And we will see you next time.